0: Healing from emotional abuse isn't a Band-Aid situation, but it doesn't have to take years either. The lives of millions of other survivors around the world have been impacted by their narcissist. Yours doesn't have to. To show you how to live a free, confident, and peaceful life, your host and founder of the Healing from Emotional Abuse philosophy, Marissa F. Cohen.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in to the Healing from Emotional Abuse podcast today. Today's audio is actually recorded from almost a year ago with a friend of mine right after the Pennsylvania Supreme Court overturned the Bill Cosby conviction. And they did that because Pennsylvania Supreme Court felt that the prosecutors violated Bill Cosby's rights by reneging on an apparent promise to not charge him in criminal court. I also wanted to give a trigger warning, which I do again a little bit later in the episode, because we are talking very raw and very candid. So some, some of the content may be a little pointed or may feel a little bit uh, dry. So I want you to know that if you feel triggered or uncomfortable with the way that we're speaking, please feel free to turn off the episode. Um, I want you and your safety to be the, the priority. Thank you again so much for tuning in and I hope you enjoy this episode. This episode of Healing from Emotional Abuse is brought to you by the Healing from Emotional Abuse Philosophy. Have you ever wondered why you keep falling for the same type of person? Wondering when it's going to be your turn to have control of your life? Now's the time. The Healing from Emotional Abuse Philosophy, the three keys to overcoming narcissism is an easy to follow program where I show you how to release your trauma in a safe and healthy way build resilience, confidence, self-esteem, self-love, and self-worth, and then rebuild your environment. Surround yourself with healthy people and energy. Your life is yours, and the decisions you make should reflect the people in your life who deserve to be there. People who treat you with kindness and respect, who value you and show you that you are worthy of love every single day. Friends who love and support you, and are positive and inspirational, and a partner who encourages you to achieve your goals and think bigger than you've ever thought before. Following my three-step system will change your life. I fell into the cycle of abuse, dating narcissist after narcissist, each one of them taking a piece of me with them. And I struggled to know who I was or who I could trust for a long time. But I learned all the right steps to take and wanna help everyone else who's struggling like I did do the same. I don't want to lose any more survivors to suicide, addiction, or self-harm. There is help out there. So I'm offering my book, The Healing from Emotional Abuse Philosophy, The Three Keys to Overcoming Narcissism, for free. Scan the QR code in the show notes to get your free copy of my best-selling book filled with exercises and activities to help you overcome your trauma. In addition to my book, I'm also offering a free coaching session where we'll put together a healing plan specifically for you. Make an appointment with me at scheduleacallwithmarissa.com. That's schedule, S-C-H-E-D-U-L-E, A-call, C-A-L-L, with Marissa, M-A-R-I-S-S-A.com. It's time to take your life back and live with confidence, freedom, and peace. Welcome back to the Healing from Emotional Abuse podcast. I am here with my longtime friend, Elliot, who is a lawyer practicing for three and a half years as a prosecutor in Chicago. He and I had a Facebook disagreement slash debacle, which led us to having this conversation. Um, I want to put in a trigger warning because we are talking about the Bill Cosby case and we will be covering it from both an advocate standpoint on my end and a legal standpoint on his end so some of the content might be a little bit dry or or raw and so just go in to listening to this episode with that in mind so hi elliot thank you so much for being here today
2: hi marissa how you doing oh uh, i'm good. glad to be here um i just want to start off by saying yes i'm a prosecutor but i'm here as a private citizen with my own thoughts and that I uh, don't, I'm not a spokesperson for my office and that um, I'm not gonna be talking about anything from our office's perspective or any internal affairs or dealings like that. So I'm just here on my own. I'm just here on my own.
1: Perfect. And we're just gonna talk about the Cosby case, which has nothing to do with Chicago or Illinois. So you and I had a disagreement because when we were, when the Bill Cosby, when he was officially released from Pennsylvania, um, what was the term that they released him on?
2: So what happened was the Pennsylvania Supreme Court um, overturned Bill Cosby's conviction because the, well, the prosecutor had violated Bill Cosby's um, Fifth Amendment rights of to, for, to not self-incriminate himself. And that was, a and, and their issue was that I guess we could break it down. So, everyone, I so those who don't know the Fifth Amendment in the Constitution, it's like the famous Miranda warnings. It's the one where you see on TV where the cops arrest people. There's, that's the one where people go, "You're under arrest. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can, bye can can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to be an attorney. If you can't afford one, one will be appointed to you. So it's like that. So, um, so when you get arrested, you don't have to say you don't have to say anything. And so when in what was it 2000 i did tried doing looking this up 2004 or five when the case first came up the prosecutor at the time looked at the case i'm assuming and for whatever reason whatever reason they came up with chose not to criminally prosecute bill cosby and then they said and then they told so then they told bill listen we're we're not going to do criminal charges but if you Go through the civil, um, the civil courts, and just do a deposition, and you say whatever it is that you're going to say. We'll we'll just leave it at that. And so that's what he did. And in civil courts, you don't have, there are no Fifth Amendment protections. You know, you you, you, you don't have the right to, not incriminate yourselves. So you can say whatever you want, and you know it doesn't really, it doesn't. You don't get the same protections you would in criminal court because in civil, all, all the only remedy is 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 monetary remedies um so they did the civil hearing so they did the civil deposition he confessed to everything everybody knows he confessed to everything and then years later the new prosecutor came and he was like nope you know what i changed my mind charges and we're going to use that confession from the civil deposition in this criminal trial and boom you're guilty and that's how he ended up in prison and the supreme court and the pennsylvania supreme Court was like that's not really how any of that works yes that that's cheating you can't cheat like that um, that's so. That's what they had. That's what they had the, the biggest problem with. So, and that's what our discussion was about. Is that the prosecutor cheated, and he did cheat to get the conviction. And I don't know if they would have gotten. If I don't. I don't know if the jury would have come to the same conclusion without the admissions. I don't. I don't know how much of that was in the total weight of their decision. So no one will ever know. But. From the legal point of view, they they cheated. And that's why he was released because his rights, so his rights, his Fifth Amendment rights were violated. And they're like, nope, you can't, you can't do that.
1: So I guess I'm just a little confused because if you don't have the same protections in civil court and you incriminate yourself, why can't that be used against you in criminal court?
2: So that's an excellent question. I'm one, we'll just do this narrowly. For just Bill Cosby's case, I think, it's the Pennsylvania Supreme Court um, was trying to enforce a concept in law that's called promissory estoppel, which is a big fancy word for I only do something because you promise me X result if I do the thing that you want me to do. And I wouldn't have done the thing I did if you didn't make me that promise. You know, it's like when you're a kid and your mom's like, if you eat your vegetables, I'll give you a cookie for dessert. So the only reason you eat your vegetables is because you want the cookie at the end. But then you eat your vegetables and your mom's like, ha, psych, no cookie for you. It's like, well, what, like, well that's mom, what well what, what the that hell that sucks? What the hell, you know? I <laughs> only only did the I only ate the vegetables because you promised me the cookie. That's kind of what it was. Is that the prosecutor promised Bill Cosby, probably should have gotten it in writing, because then it would probably would have been a maybe would have probably probably ended up differently, but he promised. Bill Cosby that weren't going to do criminal charges, and Bill Cosby relied on that promise. And I believe probably the only reason he did the deposition was based on that promise. Said all the things that he said, and then later a new prosecutor was like, mm, "I'm not going to hold up to that promise. We're going, we're, we're going to court, and now we're he- and now we're here." So I think that's what the Pennsylvania Supreme Court was was going for.
1: Okay, so I guess I have a. Like a segue question and then I really want to get into like the advocacy oh, perspective. Right. Sorry, yeah.
2: So then right. So that's just for Bill Cosby. And then so to, to answer your question is well, people go to civil depositions all the time and then they say what they say. Can't that be used in criminal court? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, but it's you know, it's obviously our lawyer's favorite answer is well, it, it depends. You know, a lot it laws is very complicated, and sometimes things can't come in from the civil courts, and sometimes things, things can't come in. So it really depends what it is. And just for Bill Cosby, this was a very, very tricky, sticky situation. So, and I think that's what the courts were going for. That's what they wanted to clarify.
1: Okay, so then a kind of a kind of weird off off subject question: Couldn't they charge him for something else? To get him back in prison because if you think about it what he did was the background of the cosby story is he um when he was younger had women sign basically like affidavit like nva not not affidavits like uh, um ndas
2: non-disclosure agreements
1: saying that he can drug them and have sex with their unconscious bodies or that they'd like be willing to have sex with him while under the influence of something am am i correct because i think that's what it was is
2: um possible i you it, don't know it's been years. a lot like years so i'm not as familiar as i used to be so if that was the case it seems really i mean saying it again it sounds just as creepy as it was it is freaking creepy jesus christ yeah so that's bad um
1: <laughs> now you understand like the no the happiness of it
2: no no uh, yeah i mean think about it this probably doesn't sound enforceable whatsoever I mean, it's
1: totally illegal yeah. it's like signing a prostitution contract it's,
2: yeah it's probably are, not going to be held up anywhere
1: so here's here's my here's my issue with it right consent is given when people are a conscious be aware of their situation and you know oh like know what awake. it is
2: know what it is that they're doing and know what it is that they possibly might be giving up
1: right yeah. so when somebody is drugged or drunk or high consent is automatically legally removed it is removed. If you are not capable of saying yes or not capable of saying no, consent on the federal level is removed. So what makes his case so strong? Because, yeah, fine, they signed a piece of paper saying that if I am under the influence or whatever, we can have sex. But as soon as they're under the influence, that consent is removed. So I don't
2: know if the... I probably didn't... I mean, I probably didn't follow the case maybe closely. as I... a lot of other people did. So I don't know exactly what, besides the admissions, I don't know what else other evidence came in at the trial. I know a lot of women testified and Mm -hmm. they, they spoke their truth and that takes a lot of courage. And I give them a lot of respect besides the, in addition to the admissions and their testimony, I don't know. I don't remember what else came in. So I don't know what it is the jury had to decide upon Mm-hmm. if they you know if the pro, if the prosecutor somehow let's say the prosecutor could get the agreements in however he would get them in you know the jury would be like oh this is creepy you know this is creepy this seems like this doesn't seem right you know pl- and then plus the admissions like oh you know it's yeah so it's um this doesn't seem right we're gonna find him guilty mm-hmm. i don't i don't know what it is i don't know what it is that they saw i don't know what it is that they weighed in the bank nobody nobody knows because that's the actually the cool power of of the jury is that you have such, um, I guess, privacy, I guess, to weigh what's going on. And like, only mm-hmm. they are going to know. I just, only they're going to know like what they took seriously, what they took not so seriously, what was like, you know, how much of a, how much, how credibility they give to a witness is up, is up to them. And that's, you know, it's, that is the, that is the cool power of, of the jury.
1: Yeah. And I think that's all great and fine, but I think that, you know through the selection process of the jury i'm sure they weeded out people who knew
2: probably those
1: laws yeah i mean probably i mean jury selection
2: is really hard and it's you know not obviously nothing's perfect but it's it's you know they they do their best you know they you know they have like a ton of questions like crap ton of questions they ask the jurors about so that they so that they purposefully get rid of people who are like biased or like not gonna like Give a crap, or you know stuff like that, so they have these questions for that purpose, and then hopefully you get a panel of twelve people who like will be impartial, will pay attention, and at the end like you know come to a fair decision that's that's what you want
1: and i I understand that to a point, but like Where do you draw the line then? Because if people don't know that the law is once your unconscious consent is removed, that would negate everything that his defense attorney would say. Because under that law alone, he committed rape probably a hundred times with all these different women and everything else doesn't matter.
2: Right. And that would be the prosecutor's job to explain at the end when they're doing the closing arguments and they're talking to the jury, it's like, you know, they say, look, this is, this is what you heard. This is the evidence that we showed you. This is, and this is the law, this, and this is the law and this is how it works. And this is the, and this is how it, this is how it applies to the law. Based on everything that you heard, we believe that he violated X like X laws and you should find him guilty of X laws. So that's, that's what they were going for. Um, again, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Um, but that's like what we would, that's what we would be doing. We would tell the jury, "This is the evidence that you heard, and here's how it applies to the laws, and here's how they violated. Therefore, find him guilty." So that's what, that's what the prosecutor should, should have done. I'm gonna go with should have done. So that's what mm-hmm. they should have done.
1: So I know that he's protected now under double jeopardy because they tried him once and yeah. it was a mistrial. Then they tried him a second time and he was convicted. Is there a way for them to try him on a different charge? Even though maybe he won't get arrested for or found guilty of I'm not on the, so on the
2: same I, I mean that's up to them, I guess. Mm-hmm. If there is I'm not familiar with super familiar with all of Pennsylvania's laws on yeah, the know. sex crimes. So <laughs> if there is I'm just gonna say if there is, you know, they can look and maybe, maybe, but they'd have they would have to look and then they'd have to they'd have to decide, does it does Double jeopardy applies, so I don't, I don't know, but I'm, I'm sure somebody could look. I'm sure, I'm sure they're looking.
1: And I know that the counter argument to everything I'm saying is basically like, he's a thousand years old, he's a dinosaur, he's blind, he's gonna die soon. So like, what's the point of doing this? And so I, I want to comment on that, but I think the while point. We is- we still doing...
2: prosecute, while we still prosecute um, Nazi soldiers from That's... the 40s, it still happens all the time. There's still 80, 90 year olds that get charged, prosecuted sent to jail all the time, it's never too late.
1: Right. And it's sending a message, right? So I'm not, I'm not a fan of making an example of people. I think people should be held accountable for what they do, but I don't think we should treat one person worse, you know, to make an example and scare people. I think that's garbage. But what I don't like is that this whole process was long and arduous and difficult for the people who spoke up because like you said, they, they started this in what, 2004, and it wasn't yeah. even heard until like 2018.
2: A long time.
1: So, so and now the,
2: we, and the, and also from the time that these events happened from the 70s yeah. or 80s or whatever, so that's like 40, almost 40 years.
1: They've been living with this, yeah. and then the legal process from a survivor standpoint is the most convoluted awful system. I mean, these these trials take years to get over. The victims and survivors are being re-victimized and re-traumatized over and over again for the whole duration of the process. And you're really not able to heal because every time you try and take a step forward, oh, you have to tell your story again. And it's just so backwards and it's so uh traumatic and and counterproductive for survivors that's why people don't speak up so i think this case was so important because all these people spoke up they got a conviction he was you know held accountable for his crimes and then like whoop here you know what they did it wrong so you can go free even i you know i know you can't or probably aren't you know drugging and raping people anymore but you know
2: i know and it certainly it seems like it sucks and it i mean it it really does suck i mean on a I think this is obviously this is then this is also like what Facebook can't do is purvey. context for when people talk. Is um, it's certainly yeah terrible from the viewpoint of the victims that it feels like I don't like I don't get that like I don't get that justice where well, he should be in prison for the rest of his life and on a moral level he should be in prison for the rest of his life. But. This is how, but the, the law th- tries to balance uh, that with if we're going to put someone in jail for the rest of their life because they deserve it, how do we, you know, how do we get there? That we, how do we make sure that we did everything possible where, you know, the, the evidence was good, the witnesses were credible, you know there's no bias there's like you know there's no like there's no there's no cheating you know like we you know the concept of well, I mean, what what i meant we just celebrated um, america's like 245th birthday of, that's 240 years of having the bill of the fifth amendment which is in the grand scheme of the world a grain of sand in the stream in the in the stream of, in the, the timeline stream no one nobody has that this is a fairly new concept coming from old systems of courts where it was basically you know guilty until proven innocent and now we have what's now you know it's the opposite obviously it's innocent until proven guilty but you know you have to you you have to do it like you have you have to do it the right way or it fails for everybody if it doesn't work for Bill cosby it doesn't work for anybody which is i understand a double-edged sword because you know like well what about these victims? Like, what about, like, the people that he harmed? Yeah, of of course. Yeah. Of course, it certainly, it harms them, and it sucks for them, and it feels like a whole thing was for nothing. But I don't, I know there's, I don't have an answer, because the, you know, I don't, I don't have, like, a, there's no moral, I mean, there's no, there's no moral answer, other than he should be in jail for the rest of his life, but, um, if you're going to do, I mean, they just, I don't know. You just, you, but you can't, you can't cheat. They mm-hmm. And the answer is that they, they cheated. And if they cheat for him, they cheat for anybody. And if you cheat for everybody, then we're, what the heck are we doing?
1: And I, I hear you. And I, I understand your, your point, right? Like they shouldn't have cheated to get him in there. They should have done it the right way and not used what he said in civil court against him. I understand that, but like, I need, I need to know, you know that it's like morally wrong to let him out right like it is morally and ethically wrong legally it's fine i get that but like he did horrible things i know and he did not get the punishment he deserved and the people who suffered didn't get justice so the justice system is doing a disservice to people by letting him out like it's backwards and i understand your perspective but it doesn't make sense like rational sense logical fine or not no the, i'm not even logical legal the fine legal system is flawed
2: doesn't not flawed <laughs> yes, it just flawed. doesn't it's not supposed to but there's always that it doesn't not supposed to work sometimes in harmony with morality because for example for i, well, I whatever well i'll do I'll, I'll use this example for a long time in american history slavery was legal mm-hmm. it was in the books that it was legal it's morally but it was morally wrong and therefore you had two you know you literally had the issue of slavery went in two directions it's morally horrible but it's legal on paper so and eventually we got to the right way where slavery is morally wrong and it's illegal <laughs> which is which is great um but the law what what is it saying that sometimes the 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 right way, the right way, the right thing and the easy thing are not the same thing. The easy thing is that he should be in jail for the rest of his life.
1: Logically, yes.
2: But the right thing is that he can't be because in order to get there, you have to, you know, in order to get there, you have to, you have to present, you know, you have to present your evidence in a clean fashion and for the same reason. Because if you, if you... If it, the law doesn't apply to everybody, then it applies to nobody, and we might as well throw it all in the we might as well throw it all in the trash. But we don't have but we don't have another option because we're not like what's better. I mean, what's better than your Fifth Amendment rights? Nothing. We can't we can't go backwards, so we're not we're not going to go backwards. So it's uh, it felt like a tiny step forward, and I understand it feels like a huge step backwards. I can only I don't know. Hope that prosecutors in the future take this as a lesson that if you're going to go forward, boy, you better be sure that you're going to do it the right way, or this is going to keep happening, and it's just not going to look good for anybody. Right. And and then and then survivors and then and then yes, and then the obvious conclusion is that well survivors are never going to say anything, and that you know um, we regressed people, like four like years. People, yeah, and then people like Bill people like Bill Kaiser are going to keep doing what they're doing without you know without punishment. So. I think that's, that's, that's where we are.
1: So what can be done to change it? Like you said, you know, at one point, slavery was immoral, but legal. So laws it was were always
2: changing. Well, it was always immoral, but people made it legal. They just, right. they just didn't care about the morality part of slavery. They just wanted the slaves.
1: Right. And I'm not saying that that's right in any way. Right. You know, but, but, so, but at some point, the Civil War happened, and people fought, and they changed that law you know and so now slavery is both immoral and illegal so now how do we do that for survivors because it can't be it can't be that people speak out and go through all of this i mean you know that when survivors go on trial or i'm sorry when survivors speak up and go to trial it's not the it's not the perpetrator it's not the abuser it's not the rapist who are actually being questioned it's the survivors I mean it is it's crazy. They go after the defense attorneys and I know it's their job, but I hate them. They go after the survivor's sexual history and what she was wearing or he was wearing and what they what they did to deserve it. And they're the ones that are on trial. So how do we change the system so that it's A not so long and B, you know, it's both immoral and illegal um, and recognized because it is immoral, illegal and unrecognized right now.
2: Um How to make it shorter. I don't know. I mean, I guess judges could give less continuances. I guess that's up to them. (laughs) They're like, you know, I I guess that could be, I guess that could be a thing. Um, It
1: takes an average of four years for a rape case to actually get to trial between the evidence collecting and everything. It's usually put off for at least four years. So people are being re-victimized and sitting basically in what they're living in for four years before they even get to say what they need to say.
2: Um, I don't know how to make, I don't know how to make it shorter. Um, I, you know, I, I know that there's, well, I know, in, I know in, on the civil side there's like, there are uh, like deadlines for like when um, people file lawsuits and then there's like, they make their claims and then the other side has like a certain amount of time to respond. And then there's like, there's like a back and forth of time on how much, like, how much time people need to like gather the evidence. There's not really that in the. It's not really bad in the criminal side. It's it's however, however long it however takes. long it takes and however however much patience the judge wants to give. I don't know if you. I don't know if you could put a cap on. I don't. I don't really know if you could put a cap on that because if you, you know, it, it might. It, it might be. It might hinder uh, evidence collection if you could only do it for six months. Um, and then well, what happens after six months in a day? You know, did it, what you know stuff you find after six months is that not sent out anymore? I don't, I don't know. So, I don't know what to do about it taking a, a long time. Um, I don't know what to do about that. Um, and I'm really sorry. I there was the, your your question had like six parts and yeah, I forgot. Yes, seven them
1: all. Ca- caveats. I'm sorry. I
2: forgot them all.
1: No, that's cool. <laughs> I, so basically, the question was like, what can we do to make? this easier and more like survivor centered and not you know um, and not feeling like it's protecting the perpetrators. because right now it's a pretty pretty heavy consensus that criminal courts protect the perpetrators of abuse and rape and sexual assault by a giving them a ton of time to still be free and be hurting as many people as possible. And attacking the survivor and holding them back.
2: Yeah, so I guess that's... Um, right, so... I mean, I guess, so, like, so like when people get... Ch- so, like, I guess that's a question of, like, a person's bail, I guess. So, like, when people get charged and they get brought before... Like, they they you have to be brought before a judge in, like, 40, at least for Illinois. It's, like, 48 hours, and then the, the, the prosecutor will, like, read a summary of the facts about what happened, and then the judge will make a decision on the amount of bail that a person has to post or none at all. And I know that right now Illinois is moving towards not having a monetary bail system anymore, except for like really, really heinous stuff. Like, uh, like murder and like definitely murder. Um, and what else? Like, I don't know, like other really egregious things. I think sex cases also still fall into some heavy duty bail. Uh, but I think it depends. So that's a question of, so that's a question of, how much does the judge believe that this person is a menace to society? Like how, like if I let them go, so the question they have to ask is if I let them go, what are the odds that they won't do something bad again? You can't, you can, I don't know, but that's, that's really, I think that's super subjective. And you know, they have Extremely. like, and like, they have, I like think well, like we just like passed and we just like, you know, like just passed or yeah, it's gonna be implemented they like this new crime bill where the judges get more discretion, like get more discretion on bail terms. But I, but I think the, the bail terms lean more towards like um, pre-trial release, which is just, you know, like being let out without posting anything. And I think, I think you still have to like report, you still have to like report to like a a court, not a court advocate, like a, there's somebody like in the courses and you have to like report to that you're like, you're not committing crimes.
0: Mm-hmm
2: is it the best? No, but it's what we have now. Um, so it's really up to the, it's really up, you know, up to the judge and that's entirely subjective. And I, you know, they, they try to give judges more power, but you know, at the end of, you know, but you know, judges are human, they're not machines. They can't see the future. We, you know, the point of, the point, for, I think the point for is, is that when you, you know, let someone go you're always hoping that they're not going to do more crappy things but then you know but sometimes, they're criminal. Some, sometimes they do they're um they're an ale- they're
1: an alleged, alleged criminal.
2: criminal they're an alleged criminal i mean
1: big eye roll but i know okay i
2: i know, <laughs> I know. um would it yeah.
1: change would it change your opinion on that specifically with rape and sexual assault if i told you that 86% of people who commit a sex crime on an adult or a child uh, commit sex crimes on six or more people. So by the judge deciding that that person, oh, well, like, I don't think they're going to go rape another kid. or well, I don't think they're going to go, you know, rape another human. The, the chances of them doing that are are pretty high, you know?
2: That's true. And I do didn't know that statistic but it's disgusting that's really gross Um, that's (laughs) really gross to hear um yeah that sounds awful obviously yeah that's the thing is it all sounds awful that's because it is awful but we you know but we we can't see unfortunately we can't see the future we you know it's we can't like yes you have those statistics because that's what happens i don't know does it happen in every case no Obviously, obviously, it happens because eighty-six percent is like really high. Like Jesus, that's like really high. Like crazy
1: high. high. Six Jesus. or more people. Jesus. Six minimum people. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
2: Like, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I guess what I mean, I guess you could. Well, I guess well, I, you know, the only alternative is to change the bail and it, is, is is to make the bail system a lot harsher. And it's like, well, yeah. if you're accused of a crime, you just you just sit in jail for like forever. And we used to have that. And then you had people, uh, but you know, it's, I don't know, do you have, do you have, I guess you'd have to make a decision, like what kinds of crime people would sit in jail for without bail? That's, you know, something, I mean, that's something you could discuss. Like, again, I think Illinois, I mean, again, Illinois is just now implementing its own new version of the crime bill. Um, I had to have to, I really, I think I'd have to check if certain sex cases are on there. I should know that, but. That's okay. It's okay. so I think that I so I think that you know I think the point is that in a world where um, we like in a world where like as we believe that the person if they let out is going to do it again, you should like you should be holding them. Um, could it happen? Maybe. I mean, whatever. I mean. I guess we're just going to have more people in prison and then, you know, I don't know. It's, it's not, a, it's not, a, it's not, it's not perfect. There's not a perfect system. It really, I mean, there's a lot of holes. I mean, yes, it's, yeah, there's a lot of holes and I don't know if they're ever going to be fixed. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, for right now, I mean, that's just a question for that's just the, that's a question for the bail system is whether or not, whether or not a person, if you let them out, with or without bail, are they going to go out and commit other crimes? And the hope is always no. Does it happen? Yes. That's why. You, but that's also why we have violations of bail, and the first bail can be revoked, and now you are going to sit in jail for a long time. But unfortunately, a person would have to violate the bail to get that, and then means like another victim, I don't know, and, and another, and another and like a possibly another horrible instance, which we were trying to pre- trying to prevent in the first place. Right. So it's like circular it's like a whole circular thing
1: yeah
2: i don't i don't know if i don't know if there's a clear-cut answer because it that i don't know you because we you have to, unfortunately it's not the minority report where you can see in the future what people are going to do so right. it's it's unfortunately you know what it, it is what it is which kind of sucks
1: using <laughs> using logic and statistics though it is more likely that they're going to commit another sexual assault right and And
2: right but it's right so i should i should also go so now that i now i think about it so like so when the prosecutor like makes their little speech to the judge about like what happened they also get a chance to talk about that person's background um so if they have any if they have any prior convictions for misdemeanors you can go back 10 years and felonies from the date of release of 20 years you could you could go you go back as far as 20 years you could also talk about it's like for like domestic cases you can talk about um every prior domestic arrest that's ever happened you can uh, so that happens so that happens a lot in domestic courts um you know if it's like depending on the type of case like sex cases if they have like a sex case in the past you could probably you know you could talk about that especially if it's like a, like you know it's just like a repeat behavior same victim you could talk about that so the judge gets to hear all of that, and I think there is like a certain threshold where, if, and again, so it, it depends on the person. So, like, if a person is, you know, let's say the person has really bad history, you know, then just like, wow, man, look at this. Like, <laughs> this like, is overwhelming. Look, this is overwhelming. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't not let you out. So you're, good. so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold you. At the same time, it's if it's like a person's like first offense.
1: Or first noted. Or first offense. noted.
2: I should say yeah, first noted offense. A lot because yes, a lot of times things things don't get reported. So not the first time. Yes. Yeah, so first noted, um, offense. I don't know. It's usually, I think judges have more discretion on holding, like letting people go without without bond or you know a small amount of bond. But they still have. To, I mean, they still have to do like they're not like free free. They still have to you know report. They still have like a. Uh, reporting officer they have to go to they still have to like go to every court they still have to go to every court date if you miss it you get you get a warrant you're gonna and you know you're gonna be held until the judge lets you go on that warrant it's not you know it's not you're not letting go you know scot-free there's strings there's certainly a lot of things that the person has to do to keep themselves you know keep themselves out of jail and of course the first one is do not commit any more crimes which some people do and some people don't
1: and some people do and don't get caught.
2: Um, that that's also true. Yeah. Is there is
1: this reasonable excuse me? <clears throat> is this a reasonable thought? Because I it popped into my head. So there are many different types of court, right? There's family court, there's divorce court, there's criminal court and civil court, there's all kinds of different courts. Would it be reasonable to think that in the future we could have a court system dedicated specifically to sex crimes that would speed up um, the cases and how long they take and have judges and you know prosecutors who are very well versed in sexual assault related crimes
2: i think it's possible um i think if you just have a section where it's just sex cases it's gonna be busy it would right be unfortunately (laughs) very busy But maybe you could, I think you could probably, you could probably streamline a lot of things because a lot of people like know, already know what they're doing. They know what they're looking for. Uh, I'd say we could, I'd say we could try it. I mean, you know, we have a lot of courts. Yeah, we have a lot of courts. already. There's family, military, mental health. There's there's already different subsect courts. And if you want, we could try adding a, like a sex court. Um, We could try it and see how it goes, I guess
1: how would so maybe, i go about suggesting that aside from like running for senate because um, i plan on doing that vote for marissa for senate whatever state i live in
2: <laughs> um i think i believe i'd have to check on this so i this is just my own personal opinion i'm not actually checked on how this works it might just be that the different courts are established by the just the illinois code um so that just might be something you would have to like write into law, like that in addition to these there's now also this other court so it, it i don't know how easy or hard that would be so maybe it we'll would just have to be written um and then i think the illinois supreme court would then have to like you know establish places around the state to make the court so i'd have to i don't know we should look into that
1: i would like to look into that with you actually if you don't mind
2: okay.
1: um i think Oh, I have one question. I'm not actually sure if you're allowed to answer this. Um, but is R. Kelly still in Cook County prison or jail, or I, is he hanging out?
2: I only know, so I can't talk about the case. That's fine. I, do I only know. I, I, I think he's in. The last time I saw something was that he was being held in federal court for something. Thank God. I don't. I don't know if he's in Cook County. And I obviously can't speak about whatever's right, going right, on, right, with right. That. so I don't know. I don't know.
1: Well, if he is off the record, let me know, and then show me which window is his. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, okay. Is there anything else that we didn't talk about, like that we didn't cover? I feel like we covered a lot.
2: We covered a lot, Phil, and I Bill
1: Cosby for Prison 2021.
2: Yeah. Right. So <laughs> yeah. And again, I again. So this is something that. um Facebook can't convey is is the context, okay? Like, I, and I feel like I can't, like, keep, like, having to, like, keep saying this over and over again, because I feel like people don't believe me, okay? What Bill Cosby did was awful and terrible. And he should be in jail, again, he should be in prison forever. Five ever. Five ever. (laughs) Five ever. (laughs) Forever. Anyway. Forever. But... The law works. the The law works to protect everybody. Which sounds, I it sounds really cheeky, but the law does try to work to protect everybody. And when you and when you're the one who's facing jail and prison time, you'd want all those same protections. You'd want to make sure that even if, like in your head, you knew that you did it, you know you'd have to. Know that the prosecutor, I guess, did their job by sh- like showing what it is that you did because you because you don't have to say like you don't have to say anything. You could sit there. A lot of times people just come to court. They don't they sit there. They don't say they don't say anything. Which is their this is their right. They only they just they just have to sh- sometimes you would do it in whatever. Also they just have to show up. They just have to show up and just be there. Mm-hmm. Which actually happened in the in the. George Floyd trial that Derek Chauvin he was there the whole two weeks or however many days it was and he never said a word that was his that was his right he just had to be there and Bill Cosby just had to be there he just didn't have to say anything so when the, Bill Cosby's watching the state like prove, like prove their case you know his lawyers are going through the, like his lawyers are going through the checklist like did they like um, did they establish that whatever Cosby and the victims were like did did the things that they did, and you know it, you know and then like is the witnesses are are they who are testifying are they credible and even if there's hole even if there's like some holes or like they forget something isn't enough to like is it is then enough to like take away the rest of their story like if they forget a detail it's like oh no you're a liar well no not I mean not really so so they have to weigh credibility. You know, there's and then, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we have to that we have to do. There's a huge checklist that we have to go through in proving cases, which is why the burden for criminal cases uh, beyond a reasonable it's just is beyond a reasonable doubt. It's not it's not um, beyond all doubt, it's not 100% certainty. There's no mathematical calculation for what beyond a reasonable doubt is, but it's really high. Um versus in civil courts, which is just um it's like fifty percent plus. It's more more likely than not that these things happen, which is um why I think it was which is why in the civil courts it was probably I don't want to say easier, but it's a the the burden is less to have um
1: overwhelming evidence. Yeah. Which is hard to prove in
2: these cases. Some, sometimes, yeah. But it's the burden is less for civil civil cases, so. The point is i'm just going on a huge rant i'm sorry the <laughs> point right. is that um the laws are there to protect the accused because the world you know they it, it, it the world wasn't there never in its history was there to protect like the the accused it was innocent it was guilty until you were innocent guilty until you were proven innocent and that that was the case that was the law of the world for x thousands of years and America has decided we're not gonna do that. If we're gonna put somebody in jail, we're gonna, make, we're gonna make damn sure as best as we can, the closest we can get to absolute certainty that you did what I say that you did and here's all the reasons how I know that you did what I say that you did. <laughs> but you can't cheat to get there. That's fair. You can't cheat to get there and the prosecutors cheated and it has to work. And unfortunately it has to work for everybody. So if it doesn't work for, you know,
1: one person it doesn't work
2: for one person. It doesn't work for anybody. The whole thing is kaput. put in my school, just throw it all in the trash.
1: And I know I mentioned this earlier and I'm sorry, cause I think that was your closing statement, but I did remember we didn't answer fully a question. Sure. Could we, we could potentially bring him up on other charges because, and this is why I'm bringing this up, prostitution is still illegal in this country and signing a signing a thing basically saying like you can drug me and have sex with me for whatever gain wouldn't that k- technically be considered like a prostitution contract like could yeah it- but
2: there's, uh yeah but there's also like there's also like the statute of limitations which is like you can only pro- you can you can only like bring charges up like, you can only bring you have a certain amount of time right to bring charges i don't know what it is i don't know what it is in pennsylvania I know for we'll call it, well, I only know for Illinois that it's 18 months for misdemeanors from the from the known from the known date of the offense. So like you could have, like you could not know actually something that happened for a long time. But then once you find out that something happened, you, that is when the clock starts, which is something I learned the other day.
0: <laughs> that's
2: when you that's when the clock starts. Is when you have knowledge that a crime has happened. You have 18 months for misdemeanors and you have three years for felonies. And there's a lot of exceptions. It's in the criminal code. Um, but you'd have we'd have to look into Pennsylvania's code about statute limitations and if there's any extensions.
1: It's interesting that you so, say the, It's interesting that you say the known date. I didn't know that, and that's super important.
2: It's the known date.
1: That's awesome. Okay, cool. Aha! That's brilliant because a lot of people, especially these women, um, didn't know what happened to them while they were unconscious and might have like, you know,
2: not right, not known, and then known. a lot of time goes by and then something happens to, and then they find out it's. Months or like years later, and years, yeah. years later, but some most of the time they're like, Yeah, I like, holy crap, like, I want to do something about it. I, uh, if it's with you know, if you're is uh, I, you know, once you once you know, once the bell is rung, that's when the clock starts.
1: Interesting, all right, keep that in mind, everyone. <laughs> yeah.
2: And I okay. know, and, and again, there's also lots of exceptions, like, well, oh, what if there's like, I do like arrest warrants count, like, well, what if he just flees, like, on day two, it's two year and day 355. And then they, like, flee. Does the clock ever stop? Sometimes. Sometimes yes. Sometimes no. It it depends. I think the answer is yes when, you know, because the, if I want to say the answer is yes, I'd have to look it up, but I think the answer is yes. But yeah, but there's, it's from the known, it's from the known date. The day that you know, that's when the clock starts.
1: Okay. Oh, that's cool to know. All right. Well, I want to look up the Pennsylvania code and see if they could get him on anything else. I mean, I, again, I'm going to reiterate, I understand he's like what 81 80 something. I mean, yeah. It's
2: is probably, probably no. not it's I mean,
1: Pennsylvania. It's
2: chances are low, like you could do it. Like it'd be a nice theoretical exercise. Like what else could you, what else could you do? Right. I guess. Cause I like, mean, what other, what were the other crimes that Bill Cosby committed, which I'm sure were a lot.
1: Right. If you're going to, if you're going to drug and rape, I don't know how many women over the course yeah. of...
2: How low could you go? Right. Yeah. I'm
1: sure that that's not the only thing you did. <clears throat> All right. Well, thank you so much for being here, Elliot, and for chatting legalities with me. you welcome. This is fun. Know- yeah. Anytime you want to come on and talk about another crazy legal case, like maybe, you know, when R. Kelly finally gets convicted and, you know, dies in prison. That'd be or great. We're going to need
2: multiple episodes on that.
1: Oh, that's fine with me. Okay. I've been following that case for, like, probably seven years now, so...
2: <laughs> okay. Well, I haven't. So I'm going to have to do a lot of reading beforehand. We're, I'm going to have to have like a whole set of notebooks.
1: Yeah. You let me know when we'll talk about- To be sure, that they, be
2: be sure that they got it right.
1: Oh, they better get it. That one, but they that, better get that one right. That, God, those were children. God, I hope so. But all right. So that's going to be, we're front selling. We're going to have a whole series on R. Kelly at some
2: oh, point. Oh God, don't call me that. No, God, no, please <laughs> don't, don't ever call me that again. What? Don't call me, don't ever call me like R. Kelly yet. Oh no.
1: no. I said, we're going to have a whole series on R. Kelly with you. No, okay. okay. You are Kelly. You weirdo. All right. Well, thank you again for being here and um, we'll have you on again soon.
2: Okay. Bye everybody.
1: Bye everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the healing from emotional abuse podcast today. Before you go, it's important that you know that what you're feeling is normal. Everyone responds to trauma narcissism and abuse differently. Our brains go into survival mode to protect us from harm. But I wanna make sure you know that you're not alone. I'm here and I wanna brainstorm ways that I can help ease your healing journey. Imagine you're standing on a cliff and on the other side of a deep canyon is the life that you dream of. A partner who connects with you, supports you and empowers you and makes you laugh and smile a life filled with freedom, confidence, and peace, good friendships, strong relationships. I've been where you are now. I've been standing on that edge, dreaming of the life that I have now. And I built the bridge between where you are and that dream that seems unreachable. I've walked this path with thousands of survivors who live a free, confident, and peaceful life now. Let's walk this path together
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, you have to check out www.MarissaFayCohen.com backslash private-coaching. That's www.M-A-R-I-S-S-A-F-A-Y-E-C-O-H-E-N.com backslash private-coaching. Marissa would love to develop a made-for-you healing plan to heal from emotional abuse. She does all the work and you just show up. Stop feeling stuck, alone, and hurt and live a free, confident, and peaceful life. Don't forget to subscribe to the Healing from Emotional Abuse podcast and follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com/marissafcohen and Instagram at marissa.fay.cohen. We'd love to see you there.